0: Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis by mailing a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, P.O. Box 15913. Boise, Idaho, 83715. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go over to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers, the original air date, August 10th, 1952. And the title is Last Stop.
1: States and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record.
2: Every day, Monday through Friday, you're invited to a new program on NBC as Jay Sims brings you inside news from Hollywood. Yes, this is another in an NBC's stellar daytime lineup of interesting and entertaining daytime radio programs. You'll enjoy such other favorites as Walter O'Keefe, who MCs America's funniest daily quiz program, Double or Nothing. Warren Hull, who presides over the program with a heart, Strike It Rich. And Tommy Bartlett, the MC with a roving microphone to welcome travelers as they stream through Chicago. And there's more entertainment, too, with Dial Dave Garroway. Dave has an easy, relaxed manner that's certain to give you an idea or two on how to beat the heat. And every day, Monday through Friday, NBC presents the two boys from Boston who this year won the coveted Peabody Award, Bob and Ray. If you're tired of the same old thing on comedy shows, be sure to listen to Bob and Ray for a new concept of humor. A concept you're sure to enjoy. Now, here are Tales of the Texas Rangers.
1: And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Last Stop.
3: It is Thursday night in July, 1931. A local passenger train speeds through the rocky country of West Texas. While the engineer watches the track ahead, the perspiring fireman shovels coal into the flaming firebox.
4: The uh, steam gauge is still down, Whit. Yeah. Oh, bring it up, Johnny. Uh, Can't afford to lose no more time. Yeah. Uh, we'll make it all right. Uh, Hey, keep watching that gate for me, will you? Yeah.
5: There. Ah, ah. Hey,
4: fellows, you will I just hope it's enough. How are we doing now? Picked up 12 minutes. Still way behind schedule. Oh, well, we'll make it up, Charlie. 30 minutes? On a short run like this? Ha <laughs> Yeah, it's a darn shame we had to have a hard box. If that car had done his job, we wouldn't have lost all this time. And custody won't help us none. Well, anyhow, the super can't blame us. No. Hey, say, did you see Mr. Evans? Uh-huh. Now, what did he say? I have to leave in December. When you get to be 65, you got to retire. Well, you deserve a rest after all these years. Quit. What am I going to do with myself? I'll just be around the house all the time, getting in Emmy's way. Why, you'll be able to go out to the park and play checkers, sleep till noon. Ain't that what you always wanted? Yeah, I used to think so. Hey, how much time do you think we'll make up? Oh, another ten minutes, maybe. We can pick up a couple of minutes on this downgrade. Yeah, well, let's see. Yeah, that'll still make us 33 minutes behind. Yeah. How's the gauge? Two forty-eight, Right on the nose. Hey, you know, Johnny, this retirement ain't so bad. Why, you and the missus to go back east. Visit your kinfolks, maybe. Wouldn't cost hey, you... Hey, there's something on the track. Huh? Hey, what is it? Well, the We're going to hit. Ah!
3: was notified of the wreck. He alerted the railroad and local doctors. While a relief train was dispatched to the scene, the sheriff requested the assistance of the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. He arrived as the last of the injured were being removed from the splintered coaches. Right. Yeah. Sheriff! Sheriff Wagner!
6: Jace? Yes? Yeah? Over here with this flare. Okay. Hey, Tom, when you get through
1: down there, give him a hand in the relief car.
6: Okay, okay, Sheriff. Oh, oh, Charlie, Oh, boy. Huh? Looks pretty bad, Sheriff. Yeah, sure is, Jace. That's a the fireman they're taking now. Easy there. Excuse me, Ranger. Yeah,
5: take it easy up Sure, banged
6: up. Doc says they might have to amputate his leg. Anybody killed? Engineer Charlie Hansen got pinned under the cab.
5: Most of the passengers
6: are all right, though. How'd it happen? I don't know. That's why I called you. Could have been an accident. But I just ain't sure. You looked at the track yet, where the train jumped off? I haven't had time until now. I was helping the dog give first aid. Well, why don't we take a look up there? Sure. You got a flashlight? Right here. How come you got here on horseback, Jase? Oh, I left my car on the other side of the canyon. Figured it'd be faster cutting cross country. Yeah, you'd probably see it 35, 40 minutes that way. Uh huh. Oh, watch out, sheriff! Rails sticking up there. Yeah. Boy, what a mess! Tracks torn up all the way around the bit. Yeah, makes it hard to find out what happened. Yeah, sure does. Maybe it was a loose track. Yeah, or an axle on the train might have broken. Yeah, I wish I knew. Fireman's not in any condition to talk, and none of the others have any idea. Hey, hold on, Sheriff. What is it, Jason? Take a look here. This railroad tie? What about it? This tie could have caused the wreck. You see these marks? Here and here? Oh, huh. all gouged out... Kind of like it's been burned. It could have been done by the friction of the front wheels of the engine. Marks are the right distance apart. Yeah. Then this must have been on the tracks. Chase. Somebody had to put it there. You think somebody wrecked a train on purpose? Well, it looks that way, Sheriff. How many trains come through here a day? Only two. One going west and one east. What time does the train going east come through? About supper time. And That time must have been laid across the tracks no more than three or four hours before the wreck. Yeah. That's right. You keeping the deputy on guard here tonight? Keeping two of them out here. Good. Maybe one of them can take this tie into town. Sure thing, Chase. What time did this wreck take place? Oh, I don't know yet. Haven't had time to really question anybody. Sheriff, it's you? Yeah. We got them all into the relief train. Anything else I can do? Oh, I don't think so, Mr. Morton. You sure been a big help. Uh, this is Ranger Pearson. Howdy, Ranger. Howdy. Mr. Morden's the one phoned me about the wreck, case. Did you see it happen, Mr. Morden? My boys did. Did they see anyone around the tracks beforehand? Didn't mention it. They couldn't have anyhow, too far away. Where were they? Up there on the hill, looking for some stock. I guess you can't see it in the dark. My place is just the other side of it. What time did it happen? Gosh, I don't know, Ranger. I was pretty excited. Guess I didn't notice. You called me at five after nine, Mr. Morton. Then it must have happened just about nine. Only took the boys a couple of minutes to ride down at the house. Uh-huh. Your boys here now? No. Oh, I made them stay at home. Sure glad I did. Never saw anything so terrible in my life. All those folks suffering. Relief train's ready to leave, Jason. Yeah. Who's that shouting? Huh? Oh, that's Carl. He's standing there over on that rise, yelling at the train. Does it all the time. He's kind of pitiful, fella. Is he that young fella lives in the shack by the wharf? Yeah, he's the one. Sister took care of him until she died a couple of years ago. Now he just tends his goats and a few chickens. Never bothered anybody that I know of. Why is he yelling at the train? Oh, he hates trains. Ain't had no use for him since one of them killed his cow a while back. Maybe we better talk to him, Sheriff. We'll see you later, Mr. Morton. Sure thing,
5: right? You think Carl
6: might have done it to get even with the railroad? That's possible. He's got a grudge against them, and he's not quite right. He sees us. Carl, we want to talk to you. Hey, he's running. Come on, Sheriff. We got to catch him. Carl was clever as a bobcat. He knew the country and slipped away from us in the dark. We spent over an hour searching for him through the rocks and arroyos without success. Finally, the sheriff and I went over to his shack and concealed ourselves in the dense brush about 50 yards away. We stayed there the rest of the night. The longer we waited, the more convinced we were that Carl had something to do with wrecking the train. Nine o'clock the next morning, he still hadn't shown up. I declare, Jace, I'm so stiff and sore I can hardly move. I know how you feel, sheriff. Oh. Hell, that's sure a run-down-looking shake he's got. Don't see what keeps it up. No. Sheriff, maybe we're wasting our time here. Think maybe he's not coming back? Mm, can't tell with a man like that. Might have scared him off for good. Yeah, especially if he did wreck that train. Uh-huh. Why don't we get somebody to keep an eye on this place? Then we can start looking for Carl again out in the brush. That's a good idea. Wait a minute, Sheriff. Get down. What is it, Jace? Over there. Other side of the clearing. Yeah. There he is. Just coming in now. He's making sure the coast is clear. guess he figures it's safe. He's going in. Let's get him. No, not yet. Let him get inside first. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Reckon he sees us coming? Now that window's so dirty, I don't think he can see anything. Why don't you go around back, Sheriff? There might be another door. Okay. Give me time to get around there. Yeah, Open up, Carl. We know you're in there.
4: Go away.
6: We want to ask you some questions, Carl.
4: I won't let you
6: in. He's not going to open it, Chase. Door's locked. Open the door, Carl, or we'll break it down. I won't let you in. I won't do it. I guess we'll have to, Sheriff. Yeah, it shouldn't be hard. It's pretty flimsy. You ready? Yeah. All right. Now.
5: Get out! Get out! Grab his arm, Sheriff. Hang on him. No!
4: Should
6: have thought of that last I night. Can't. Come on. On the way into the sheriff's office, Carl sobbed and trembled hysterically. We could get no information from him. Sheriff Wagner and I saw it was necessary to let him calm down before continuing the questioning. We got Carl a hot meal and let him rest. We put the railroad tie in the sheriff's office. A few hours later, we sent for Carl. Come in here,
3: young fella. Sit down, Carl. You still mad at me?
6: No, we're not mad at you, Carl. We want to know about that train. Dirty trains.
3: One of them killed Mary.
6: Who's Mary? Mary's this cow, Jay, the one that got hit. Is that why you were yelling at the train? Yeah.
3: I, I, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I...
6: Tell us, Carl. Is that why you ran away? You thought we chased you because you yelled at the train?
3: Well, didn't you?
6: No, that wasn't the reason. You know what happened to the other train?
3: Yeah. Got busted up.
6: Did you do that, Carl?
3: No. No, I I, I just yelled at the train.
6: What were you doing yesterday?
3: Well, I, I was home for a spell, taking care of my goats.
6: How about yesterday evening? What were you doing then?
3: I was over at the Radfords.
6: Who do you mean, George Radford? Huh?
3: What were you doing over there? We, we was killing hogs. What time
6: did you leave the Radfords, Carl?
3: Oh, no, not for a long time. They give me supper. Mrs. Radford's a nice lady.
6: Sheriff, you better call him, find out if Carl was over there yesterday and what time he left. Okay, Jase. Carl, did you go down by hey, the Robert, tracks right. before the train was wrecked last night?
3: No, I, I don't like trains. This is here. You
6: see that railroad tie in the corner?
3: Oh, Kendrick, uh,
6: yeah. That was the tie that wrecked the train. Well, did did you know? put it on the tracks? No. Well,
3: thanks, no, I, I didn't do it. Bye. Nice. That train was wrecked about
6: nine, wasn't it? That's what Mr. Morden said. And Carl here didn't do it. How do you know? He didn't leave the Radfords till ten. <laughs>
1: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson.
2: On our highways, excessive speed is the number one killer. It takes more than half of the lives lost in traffic accidents in many states. Last year, speeding drivers caused 15,000 deaths in the United States. Only you as a driver can help reduce the terrifying toll of human lives. Slow down for safety's sake, and you'll be doing your part in the current campaign against the number one killer on the highways speed. Control your speed at all times to keep within the safe speed, not just the legal limit. The men who drive for a living, America's professional truck drivers, are taught that excessive speed for driving conditions is a major cause of many motor accidents. They're taught to drive ahead of themselves and to avoid accidents by seeing them threatened before they can happen. You can learn to do this, too. Always keep your eyes on the road ahead and avoid rushing headlong into that fatal accident. Remember, speed kills. Slow down. The life you save may be your own. Now back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. We continue
1: now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Last Stop.
6: After we took Carl home, we checked at the hospital. The doctor told us the fireman of the wrecked train, Whit Bernard, was in fair condition and that amputation was not necessary. The doctor gave us permission to talk to him and walked down to Bernard's room. Mr. Bernard? Yeah? I'm Ranger Pearson. This is the sheriff. Yeah? We'd like to find out what happened, Mr. Bernard. Told me Charlie's dead. Yes, sir. Mr. Bernard, do you remember what happened just before the wreck? Well, I I just sat down. Charlie yelled there was something on the tracks and we was going to hit it. And grabbed the brake. That's all I remember. You didn't see anyone then? Standing by the track, maybe? No. How fast was your train going? About 60. Never should have been speeding like that down those grades. Charlie maybe be alive now if we'd been going slower. Might have been able to stop. You were going faster than usual? Yeah. We were behind schedule. Supposed to be in Blankford just about the time we jumped the tracks. About nine, huh? Oh, no. Eight thirty. We understood the wreck didn't happen until nine. Oh no, it it was
4: closer to eight thirty.
6: Are you sure? Yeah. Looked at my watch just as we topped the rise, Sheriff. Didn't that rancher, Mr. Morden, call you a little after nine? That's right, Jace. It was five, And he claimed his boys saw it happen just a couple of minutes before that. He sure did. Why'd he tell us that? Reckon he's I don't know. Let's go over there and find out. The sheriff and I went to the Morden Ranch. We arrived there about sundown. Mr. Morton was just coming out on the porch as we drove up. Howdy, Ranger! Sheriff! Howdy. Hello, Morton. I was just about to call my boy in to supper. How about eating with us? No, thanks. I'm making a pot of mulligan. Is plenty? No, thanks. We'd like some straight answers to a few questions. Well, sure thing. We're pretty sure now what caused the wreck.
3: Is it so? What was it?
6: Somebody put a tie across the tracks. You mean on purpose? Mm-hmm. Why, that's awful. That's the same as murder. It sure is. You called the sheriff at five minutes after nine last night. Is that right? I guess so. The sheriff remembered the time. And How long before that did your boys tell you about the wreck? Oh, less than a minute. I phoned right away. Where were the boys standing when they saw it happen? Up on that hill behind the house. Come on back. I'll show you. Did they hear the crash? Yeah. How come you didn't hear Well, I was in the house, and the hill's in the way, I guess. There it is. Couldn't have taken him more than a couple of minutes to reach the house from there. No. Mind if we ask your boys about this? No, of course not. Come on. Young Dan's over in the barn, milking. What's the matter, Sheriff? Something wrong? I'll tell you, Mr. Morton. According to what you say, the wreck must have taken place about 9 o'clock. It actually happened at 8.30. He He couldn't have. We want to know why you're a half hour off, Mr. Morton. Well, I I don't know. I can't understand it. Say, you don't think I had anything to do with the wreck? We don't know yet. But somebody did. Well, I'll tell you right now it wasn't me. Maybe your boys will be able to tell us something. Come on. I just don't get it. You sure it wasn't an accident? We're sure. Dan! Yep. Dan, didn't you tell me... Hold on, Mr. Morton. We'd like to ask the questions. All right, Ranger. Dan, this is Sheriff Wagner and Ranger Pearson. They want to talk to you. Howdy. Dan, exactly where were you when you saw the train wreck last night?
3: Well, we were up on the hill looking for some stock that wandered off. Ain't that right, Pa?
6: Yeah, son. Did you come down and tell your father right away?
3: Yeah, as soon as we saw it.
6: Are you sure you didn't stay a while to watch?
3: Oh, no, sir. We we rolled right down.
6: we just... What did you see?
3: Well, we heard a big, awful noise. We looked down that way. We just saw the end of the crash, kind of... just as the cars were falling over.
6: You saw them turn over?
3: Yes. Yes, sir, we, we did. Son, are you sure you saw it? Yeah, Pa. If
6: you don't mind, Mr. Morton, let us ask the boy. Dan? Yes, sir? Tell me the truth now. Did you go down to the wreck before you came home to tell your father?
5: No, we didn't. Honest.
6: Did you ever handle a railroad tie, Dan? Tie? You ever want to put one on a track to see what would happen when a train hit it?
5: No. No, I never did.
6: How long you figure it took you to come down the hill?
5: Just a couple minutes. We came right away, honest.
6: You couldn't have, Dan. The train was wrecked a half hour earlier than you say. Well. Dan, did you put the tie on the
5: tracks?
6: (laughs) How about it? Was it you?
4: I I didn't want it. Lloyd made
5: me help him. Oh, boy. There, there, son. Ranger, I feel sick.
6: My own boy, he did this awful thing. Why'd you do it, son? Lloyd, he, he... said he'd show me how to
4: bust up a big log without any work. Oh, Dad, I, I didn't want to, but... But he called me a, a sissy. Go on. Well, I, I... helped him drag one of them ties out of the track.
6: You waited there and watched the train hit it?
4: Yes, sir. But, but when the train went down the bank of... And all them cars piled up. Well, we got scared and rode away. Floyd made me promise not to tell.
6: Where is Floyd? On his way to Houston, I guess. You mean you don't know where your son is? He's not my son. He's my boss's son. You see, I'm a tenant farmer here. Mr. Osborne owns the place. Lives in Houston. What's the boy been doing out here? Well, he kept getting in trouble at home. Father sent him to military school. When that didn't do any good, he asked me to take him for the summer.
3: Thought it might straighten Floyd out, being here. And I thought it was starting to do some good.
6: When did he leave? This afternoon. I thought it was kind of funny why he wanted to leave all of a sudden. Tried to talk him out of it, but he said no. He wanted to go home. So I called his father long distance. His dad said put him on the bus. Did you? Yeah. Which bus was it? The one at 4 o'clock. I got him into town, but two. But we just missed that bus. Did you see him get on the four o'clock bus? Yeah, sure. I waited with him. Didn't want him to take it because he'd have to stay in Bismarck tonight and catch the morning bus for Houston. But no, he was said I'm going today. Do you have a picture of Floyd you can give us? Well, I got a snapshot of the two kids together. That'll do. We'll see if we can catch up to him in Bismarck. I'm afraid your boy is going to have to come into town with us, Mr. Wendell.
5: Oh, Bob, Bob! Look, it wasn't oh, geez,
6: Dan's Bob.
3: fault. Sorry.
6: He, he's got no mother to raise him, and I guess... I guess I just didn't do a good enough job. We have no choice, Mr. Morty. He wouldn't have done it if it hadn't have been for Floyd. Floyd's 17, he's two years older, and he was always talking Dan into things. Oh, that Floyd's a great talker. Every time I call him down about something, he'd talk himself out of it. Don't worry, Mr. Morden. He won't talk himself out of this. We took Dan Morden and his father to the sheriff's office in Ravenna. Then Sheriff Wagner and I drove to Bismarck. The baggage clerk at the trailway's bus station there identified Floyd Osborne from his photograph as having checked a suitcase at 7 o'clock. There was no bus leaving for Houston until 9.15 the following morning. During the night, we canvassed a number of hotels, but were unable to locate the boy. The next morning, we were back in the bus station, standing next to the Houston bus. Floyd Osborne still hadn't shown up. The red Kid don't hurry. He's going to miss this bus. Yeah, he's still got time. They've got ten minutes before they pull out. What if he doesn't show up? Well, then we'll get him at home. What do you think he's doing? Waiting till the last minute? Yeah, looks like it. Let me see that snapshot of the two kids, Jase. I just want to be sure I'll know them. Yeah, here you. Never mind, Sheriff. Here he comes. You're in a hurry. Must have overslept. Let's take him.
5: Hey, hey,
4: hey, hey let go. What do you think you're doing? Uh,
6: cut it out, son. Hold I, I, still. Your name Floyd Osborne?
4: Yeah. Now, yeah, so what?
6: This is Ranger Pearson, and I'm the sheriff of this county.
4: Well, what about
6: it? You were staying with Mr. Morton, weren't you?
4: Was well, that a crime?
6: no. But wrecking a train is.
4: What? Well, now you don't think I wrecked that train? Who's been telling you stories? It's no
6: use, Floyd. We know you did it.
4: Why, this is crazy. I'm the one who reported the wreck. Well, why, me and Dan was two miles away from there when we saw it.
6: You and Dan laid a tie across the tracks. You were right there when it happened. That's
4: a dirty lie.
6: We don't think it is.
4: Well, it is. Look, look, if you want the truth, I'll tell you. Dan did it. I told him not to. It was Dan who did it.
6: That's no good, Floyd. Dan's not big enough to have carried that heavy tie all by himself.
4: Well, well his father helped him. Yeah, old man Morton, him and Dan did it.
6: I don't think the court's going to believe that either, Floyd.
4: Well, you're not taking me to any court. Grab him, Stop that kid. Watch it. Floyd,
3: stop. He's going to get a hit by that car. that was close.
6: There he goes, running toward the drugstore.
3: Stop, Floyd.
5: Come here! I, I, let go of me! Let go. Oh I oh, You hurt, Mom.
6: You're not hurt. but You're not running away again.
4: I didn't mean to wreck that train. I just wanted to
5: see what would happen. Well, now you know,
6: and you'll never forget it as long as you live. Come on.
5: <laughs>
1: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard.
2: Every day of the week, during your every waking hour, NBC is sending the finest in radio entertainment to homes around the world. Monday night is music night on NBC, with such stellar programs as The Voice of Firestone, The Railroad Hour, and The Telephone Hour. Tuesdays bring a variety of evening programs. For mystery, there's Barry Craig, confidential investigator, and The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel. And for fun-filled listening on Tuesdays, hear Truth or Consequences and meet your match. Wednesday evening, more people listen to Groucho Marx and The Great Gildersleeve than to any other radio shows in America. You'll want to join the millions who know that Groucho and Gildy each will provide top radio entertainment. Then Thursday evenings, be sure to hear Mystery on NBC with some of the best adventure programs on the air. Dragnet is just one of the fine Thursday night shows on NBC. And so it goes throughout the entire week. This station joins with NBC to provide you with great radio entertainment. And now, the conclusion of Tales of the Texas Rangers.
1: And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Floyd Osborne and Dan Morton were brought to trial on January 8, 1932.
3: Because of the nature of the crime and his extreme youth, Dan Morton was released in the custody of his father. Floyd Osborne was sent to the state school for boys at Gatesville.
1: Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Cast included Tony Barrett, Leo Curley, Bert Holland, Ken Christie, Whitfield Connor, and Jeffrey Silver. Technical advisor was Captain M. T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Robert A. White, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Peach. Tales of the Texas Rangers is heard weekly overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Hal Gibney speaking.
2: Tonight, hear the Hollywood Bowl concert on NBC.
0: Welcome back. Well, as soon as someone started talking about retirement, I knew that this was not going to go well. I think they probably spent too much time on the Carl angle. And it's one of these things that I've noticed in some of these golden age police procedurals is that you'll have the police and our main investigators invest all their time and all their energy into one potential lead. In this case, someone who had mental challenges screamed at the train and ran away. Now, that deserved to be investigated, for sure. But there's a strong probability that he ran away because you scared him. And rather than having the ranger and the sheriff sit around and guard his house, they really should have done what Jace suggested earlier and called in a deputy. Though that may have happened in real life, it's just the show trying to have the investigation done entirely by one or two characters. The situation with the boy who was ultimately most responsible for what happened, you know, really is one of those difficult things. Because the military academy couldn't do anything with him. Maybe my employee can straighten him out. Seems like a far-fetched way. But there are situations where that type of thing does work out. And with someone other than their parents, they learn from someone who's more just going to be able to stand in in that role and mentor and direct them on a better way. But you do have times, you know, particularly when the mentor has kids of his own, that the other kid can be a bad influence on them, as happened in this episode. And there's indication that the father had seen some of this stuff happen, but when the person who is asking you to take care of their kid is your employer, that makes things even more complicated. And you really do feel bad for him, because... I think they do a really good job of painting a picture of him, that he is this kind, respectful person who really is trying to do the best he can, particularly as a single dad. And you definitely feel for him for the situation he ended up in. I received a comment over on YouTube regarding my Hawaii vacation commentary. A listener writes, While you were in Hawaii, you didn't find a totem that belonged to a volcano god. Did you? It didn't work out well for the Brady Munch. Well, I'm happy to confirm that was not the case. I've never actually seen that particular... Episode of the Brady Bunch. Although, when I researched it online, I gathered it was quite uh, popular with fans. One thing I liked about the old school sitcoms is that you could sit down and watch an episode, particularly those that were in reruns. There are a whole bunch of series that I've not seen every episode, but I've seen, you know, two or three dozen of them. And when you've done that, you feel like you know the characters and you know the series. And you can pretty much sit down and watch any episode of the series and not be lost and not be like, well, and this thing happened, you know, really major thing happened in season four that you gotta understand to understand this episode. I mean, there are little changes, but it's not that big of a deal. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, Paramount Plus doesn't have all of the Hawaii episodes on it, so I wasn't able to watch this story. But I did find out some of the places the Bradys went online. There were a couple that were in common with where I went, but uh, there is so much, you know, to be done in Hawaii. You could probably spend six months there and not get to everything that you could see and visit. Who knows, we may return someday, and if we do, I'll be sure to avoid acquiring any totems. Thanks so much for the comment. Now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Adele. Adele has been one of our Patreon supporters since April of 2021, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Adele. And uh, that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you're downloading it from. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. As we stand aside to celebrate the 110th birthday of Bob Bailey... But join us back here tomorrow for our 4,100th app special, where...
2: Come in, Mr. Spade. Do you have any news for me? Yeah, a little. I mean, did you manage it so that the police won't have to know about me?
7: No, they won't. For a while, anyway.
2: Oh, oh and you won't get into any trouble. You won't, Mr. Spade. Oh, I
7: don't mind a reasonable amount of trouble.
2: Do sit down, please.
7: Do sit down, please. Now, look, uh, you aren't exactly the sort of person you pretend to be, are you?
3: I'm not sure I know what you mean.
7: Well, schoolgirl manner, stammering, blushing and all that. Because if you are, honey, we'll never get anywhere. Now, stop acting.
2: All right, I'm sorry. Uh,
7: good. I saw Joel Kyra tonight.
2: You, you know him? Only slightly. What did he say? About what? About me. Nothing. But what did he talk about?
7: Well, he offered me $5,000 for the Blackbird.
2: Oh, did he? And what did you say? Well,
7: I said $5,000 is a lot of money.
2: It is. It's a lot more than I could ever offer you if I must bid for your loyalty. <laughs>
7: Oh, that's good. (laughs) Coming from you. Now, what have you given me besides $200? Have you given me any of your confidence, any of the truth?
2: Can't you trust me a little longer? Well, how
7: much is a little? What are you waiting for?
2: Well, I I must talk to Joel Cairo. Well, you
7: can see him tonight.
2: He can't come here. I can't let him know
7: where I am. I'm afraid. Well, my place, then. What about it? All right. Your place. Good.
2: But wait. You'll have to let me go about this in my own way. You mustn't interfere.
0: Well, Well, I'll just sit and listen while you talk over old times.